Greetings Kooplings and welcome back to We The Gamer Cast. That's right, Donnie Reese here from the Nintendo Shack, thanking you for tuning into what I'm sure is another excellent episode from my friend Sean Capri. So settle in, get comfy, turn the volume up in your headphones, and listen to the latest sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. Welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play every single Monday. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating the show on Apple Podcasts and for sharing. And for those of us on Patreon, uh, you guys get the show early, of course. So thank you guys so much for that. And if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger or friend from the internet. And we talk about video games, the life, and a bunch of stuff. And if you want to be on the show, if you want to be part of it, tweet at me. At Sean Capri, it's Sean like Connery Capri, like the pants guys. Thank you so much for being here. I am so freaking stoked about this show. We the gamer cast in general. Just you guys are feeling it, right? It feels good. Back to weekly. It feels like like the old days. Part of the part of that I think is because of maybe an episode like this, or even like last week we had Alex Van Aken, uh, a, a dear old friend, um, somebody I'm I'm really honored to know um, and to and to call a friend, and we and we text each other, and it's really sweet, and we and I give him advice on like what what switch to buy, or all the switches to buy, or none of the switches, all the things. Um, man, what a what a life we live that we have these relationships and these connections with some of the coolest people that we've perhaps never met in person but we know in such a great way um alex of course the episode from last week if you guys haven't caught it please go back um we we kind of talked and teased and, and discussed the new things to expect at OK Beast, and you guys, you've got to, if you haven't checked out the new video that they launched at youtube.com slash okbeast, you got to check it out. They're living the dream. They're separating themselves uh, from the rest of the herd, from the rest of the pack, um, going out to do the game dev documentary stuff. So please go support them on Twitter at OK Beast or, or Alex at It's Van Aken. Goodness freaking gracious. Um, guys, before we get too far into it, uh, I, I briefly mentioned that patrons get this show early. They get it on Fridays. The free feeds go up on Mondays, but you guys, you can spend a whole weekend with this, um, supporting Bobby and I over at patreon.com slash Capri, like a few dozen other people do. And I want to give a special shout out and thank you to our gold members like Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, James Johnson, Joel Brooks, Jonathan Brown, Ryan Turford, and Zach Bradshaw. You guys make this possible. And one of the things that I was looking to do, actually, I was just toying with this idea. There's a there's an event in Toronto on April, I think it's April 9th. The Canadian Video Game Awards are happening, and I would really, I would really like to go. And if that's even going to be remotely possible, it's going to be because of Patreon.com slash UB Capri. Um, that and or uh, E3 this year, either in LA or at the PSVG uh, house party, which I'll uh, we'll talk to that maybe more next week when Kevin Austin joins on the show. And then of course, Extra Life as well. All these things that like with 2019, 2019 was an unbelievable year. Uh, I was able to travel quite a bit, even just for video games, which is unreal. Um, but that's powered by Patreon. That is all you guys. So I appreciate every single one of you guys who support us over there. That's really the the where the primary, that's the support that you guys provide. And it, and it elevates um, everything here on We The Gamer Cast, on the Xbox Drive, A Cup of Joe and Nintendo. It helps the streams over twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. So thank you guys for that. Enough of that plug, that went on too long. 
here's the thing that I really want to talk to you guys about. There's two things. Number one, um, if you are playing the Division 2 at all, and if you're not, go buy it as $3. What are you even thinking about? But the Division 2 is is the hotness right now, and I am all over it. I'm in Endgame on Xbox One. I'm, <laughs> I am I play just an absolute crap ton of this game man holy cow i'm on pc as well i bought it on on playstation 4 just in case so if you guys are playing the division 2 please reach out to me i'm at sean capri on all of the uh, even playstation now you can find me on on psn at sean capri so add me as a friend let me know you guys want to play i'm down probably be playing division 2 on the streams this week twitch.tv slash sean capri now the second thing the most important thing that i want to tell you guys about is this episode is awesome and kaylee woomer is back she's been i think she might be one of the she might be on the show more than anybody else who's ever been on the show if you look at uh all the things fiona mckinnon is right there as well so fiona you're you're right there i think you guys are kind of going back and forth so i'll have to get fiona back on here for sure because i freaking love fiona mckinnon kaylee woomer and i have um we used to do a podcast together actually called micro bits way way back in the day and ever since we first started chatting together um which is a long time ago we've always had i think like a very special bond and connection and relationship that i'm particularly appreciative of like i think that we have just as much fun agreeing with each other as we do disagreeing and that's a right now that's a really rare thing that we we can talk about everything and and today's episode is no exception we even get to geek out about dragon age for a little bit which is awesome we get to geek out about um man everything all the things you guys are going to be so excited but it to me this barely scratches the surface i have so many other things that i want to talk to kaylee about so she's going to come back um in a couple of weeks she's going to be there's going to be a part two to this so i hope you guys enjoy this um you can support uh kaylee over on twitter at quirk of art so why don't we just go into this conversation with kaylee Woomer. Um, this is my ultimate comfy clothes outfit. Oh, it is it. a three sizes too big rainbow tie-dye onesie. Heck yes. It's made out of sweatshirt material, so it's it's literally like just like zipping a, like a sleeping bag to you. It's the next evolution of like the fucking snuggie. Yeah. Put a zip in it. It's start, oh, it's, put a zip in it. <laughs> I have so much room for activities in it. Like it's just so cozy. Oh, I'm actually really. I got. I still got jeans on. This has actually been a yeah. mistake. I think. No, you fucked up. You fucked I up know. Real well, because normally, like, when I get home from work, like, I, I'm at work in a, in a full-on suit and everything, and I get home, and I can't let the kids touch me because they're all sticky and whatnot. So I've got to, like, avoid them at all costs, which is terrible, because it's like, ooh, no touch, no eye contact. Like, give them the whole, like, mm-mm. Don't touch Daddy's me, home, you're but, disgusting. Like, exactly. Remember, Daddy thinks you're disgusting. Exactly. Yep, but now that this is super recorded, and uh, they'll probably <laughs> listen to this at some point in the future. Uh, but then I get into, like, full-on sweats. Like it's it's the okay. most it's the comfiest thing, but I don't have anything that touches oh, rainbow tie dye onesie. My mom, so years ago, my sister's sweet sixteen, so not that long ago, but my sister's sweet sixteen was like neon themed. Mm. I don't know, it was like black light and glow stuff and neon colors. And so my mom got all of the girls to the slumber party, like matching onesies. And for some reason, she was like, Kaylee's gonna want one of these, so she got me one too. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh, cool, totally gonna wear that. Thanks, appreciate it. 
And then it was December in Chicago and I was so cold. I'd like just gotten out of the shower. So it was that like you're wet and it's December and it's cold, like kind of cold. I was just like, oh my God, I don't have any clean sweatpants. Uh, that onesie looks pretty uh-huh. toasty. And I put mm-hmm. it on once and it was just, oh, so good. Is there yeah. anything worse than just like, like I hate getting out of the shower. I hate having to dry off. I hate that. Like, I just kind of wish that the end of the shower is actually like a car wash. You know, where like there's just like six, hey. like just super powered air dryers just like, just get you I done. I always loved to be like, when my mom would go to the gas station, I was just like, oh, can we get a car wash? Because I mm-hmm. love that. And I would love nothing more than to be in like a person car wash. You just like lay down with my waterproof iPhone and just Seriously. go to town. Seriously. There, it's weird because my, it's snowing like crazy, obviously, Canada. And it's to the point now where I think I would just like to go to a car wash just to have the snow like melted off of my car. Like that's, I think this is like the pinnacle of laziness for me where I'm like, that's I would actually a really smart idea though. I always thought about that. Like as a way to get rid of the snow, like on the driveway, like as a kid, I was, I'd go to my parents and go like, why don't you just like, why don't you just melt all the snow away with like hot water? And like, obviously that's a, terrible terrible stupid little sean idea but i, I mean my mind. if you have a ton of hot water and hate poor people it's <laughs> why, why would i hate poor people because poor people don't have clean water in america oh that's true isn't that the worst yeah like, it's like, really sad you realize... we live in a first world country mm-hmm. my dog has I, my puppy is 16 weeks old and oh he has discovered the uh what's it called the like springy dongle door stopper thing. Oh yes, yeah, that's he a new just toy. Discovered that, yeah. So I'm like, okay, can I'm recording? Can you not? Can like, you just of all the not... things in the house? All of your toys are better. Like now he's gonna go find his squeaky toy and just start speaking on it. Now that I saw that, this is why I think like having a dog and especially having a puppy is like people will always go like oh uh having having a dog isn't the same as having kids and i'm like i don't know man like they're both kind of a pain in the butt and they both make you like not sleep at night and you got to worry about like poo and pee all over (laughs) the place like it gets to me it's like there is no thing nothing better to get you prepped for kids I really appreciate you saying that because, like, I've had I had a cat give birth in my living room, and then I had to just raise the consequences. Yeah, Whoa. we were cat sitting, and they were like, didn't mention their cat was pregnant. Uh, and so, like, I've dealt with kittens, and all my siblings are a lot younger than me. I've been like the live-in. My aunt had a baby, and then her husband got deployed, so I moved in with them for three months before I moved to Seattle. Um, so, like, I newborns are a specialty of mine and I've dealt with cats (laughs) and I always knew like oh dogs are more work than cats I always knew that but I thought that like between cats and babies there's dogs dogs are like if a baby was born with the ability Mm -hmm. to run and it can't Mm -hmm. wear diapers Mm -hmm. well you know like at least a baby has diapers you know like oh and they can't like you you put them somewhere and they'll stay there for like the first Five, six months? Babies are dumb. It takes them forever. Puppies? I got him at, what, eight weeks? And he was already just climbing up on everything. I feel like maybe human babies might be the... (laughs) What a stupid thing to say. Human babies might be the dumbest of all the mammal babies. (laughs) Is that true? Human babies are lazy. (laughs) Maybe elephants. They they can all walk. Like, the thing is that, like, 
That's we were true. at the San Diego Zoo, and they're like, oh, you just missed it. Um, one of the moms just, like, had a baby giraffe. And I'm like, what do you mean? Don't tell me that I just missed it. Tell me this happened, like, four weeks ago. I never would have known one or another. She's like, <laughs> And she looks me dead in the eye, and she goes, no, but it happened like it just happened. And I'm like, oh, wow, you really don't understand what I'm trying to say to you right now. She's like, no, it. you yeah, just missed it. Like, why would I say otherwise? And anyway. But the, the thing, like, you. gets up. I'm Canadian. It just, it just gets up, and it starts, like, walking around. It knows, like... To, like, go hunting or whatever giraffes do. I'm not really sure. I'm not a <laughs> zoologist. I'm not giraffe. a giraffe expert. I'm not ever going to claim to be a giraffe expert. But, like, our babies can't do anything. No, our babies, our babies are really good at making obnoxious sounds and making you feel guilty enough to want to take do- care of them. They, like, they put all of their points into charisma. Mm-hmm. And they're just coasting on that for the first, like, ten well, years. They, they must be banking on something else because I didn't think... Like, I didn't think Ellie was cute to start, <laughs> which people think is really funny, Like especially at work. I talk about it like, you know, that I'm being honest about my kids because I wasn't I wasn't like blown smoke or anything. I was just like, like she's kind of like freaky looking and she was like really little and her legs would lock up whenever you try to like change the diaper. Like she just I thought I was going to I thought I was going to break her like a like a dried up um like a like a wishbone from a from a turkey oh yeah teeny tiny ones they're so remember the first time my cousin in the car she was like four months old and i was like oh i'll take her to the store with me real quick no big deal and i was a delivery driver at the time like driving was all Mm -hmm. i fucking did but for some reason getting behind the wheel of a car with a little baby in the back seat was That's something else. It was like a block away. It was just, I'm like, oh my God, what if someone just fucking yeah. T-bones me out of nowhere and I can't control? Like just, it was so, so I just kept wanting to like look at her and obviously I'm like, no, you got to drive. You got to focus. I think about that a lot. I remember even like driving home for the very first time. I'm like, oh, this is a different like awareness. This is a responsibility. I wasn't, <laughs> and like, you're tired. You're more tired than anything. But um, I have to ask, are you, do you, have you already regretted getting a puppy or are you loving it? Oh, there are definitely times where I'm like, oh, no, I think I'm like the times that I've been like, I don't know if I, if this was a good idea is when I'm like afraid that I'm a bad. Oh, yeah. Parent. Like right now, his new th- like he's been so good. Eight weeks mm-hmm. old. I got him. I've had no trouble with potty mm-hmm. training. He goes on his little pedal pads. He does not have accidents. He can sit. He can shake. He knows drop it. He knows calm down when he gets too excited and gets all zoomies. He'll go lay in his kennel. Like, he's mm-hmm. pretty good. But I can't, like, I feel so stupid. I can't figure out how to train don't bark. Because, like, everything I Google and read and, like, on all the forms, like, okay, so what you do is when they're barking, make them not bark and then give them a treat. And I'm like, yeah, no shit what's the, how do i make them not bark and like i don't want to just give him a treat when he's not barking like I, I i don't know how to make sure that he's yeah. aware that i'm rewarding not barking and punishing barking because it's like i don't want to like you know he starts barking and you don't want to like give him any attention either way because then he's like oh i'm barking uh-huh. for attention and that, that's the problem is the barking for attention has been a problem lately and so i just i feel more like oh fuck when he starts barking like crazy i'm like Oh my God! What if he never stops and he becomes like a mean dog that just barks all the time and everyone hates him and it's just ugh, it'd be my fault because he's a good dog and just I wouldn't be training him right and I just, these are oh, these are the parental doubts. Part. This is what I'm talking about. It's more than yes. the fact that it's like not a human. Having a dog is so close. Like and I I never 
like saying that because it does sound so trite. Like people have kids are like, okay, you know. Yeah, like you don't, you're, you're not taking, you're not taking them to grade school. I'm like, what? Come on, man. Like, right. You, anybody who's been there should be able to identify like at least some of the similarities for, at the very least. The baby stage uh-huh. for sure. Like when your dog's 12 and your kid's 12, obviously those are different. But when they're babies, yeah, like I just slept on the floor in the living room for the first month that I had him. I just started sleeping in my bed about a week and a mm-hmm. half ago. Because he would cry when he was alone, but he would also cry when he was in his kennel. And so I couldn't put him in my bedroom in the kennel. And the only time we have trouble with peeing is on carpet. So most of my apartment yep. is hardwood, but it's my bedroom's carpet. And I was, I'm was i too worried about him peeing when I'm sleeping. I can't do it. So he couldn't be in my kennel, and he couldn't not be in the kennel. So I was just like, I got to sleep in the living room with him. And... Uh, he was too little, like, he's very afraid of heights. And so when he was so small, he couldn't jump on the couch. He didn't even like being up on the couch because it was too high for him. And so I couldn't sleep on the couch because I was too high up and he was scared. So I slept on like a little pallet on the floor for a month. You're a good dog mom. This is is good. This is, I mean, it's like insane and intense. It's insane. What kind of dog is he? He's like case hunt. I don't know what that is. He looks expensive. Nobody ever does. There, it's uh, they used to be called like a wolf spitz like sixty years ago. So that's a more normal name. But talk, come this here, baby. This looks like an expensive dog, Kaylee. He is not like dirt cheap. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> here. Look at my baby. This is where we should have Hi. video. This is a, you have a cute dog. You, is it gonna be a big dog? Okay. He gets to be about 40 pounds, so he's a very medium-sized mm-hmm. dog. I think That's he's perfect. That's my max, yeah, for sure. Uh, right? Like, I, I don't like ones that are so small that I worry about stepping on them all the time. Like, right now, him, I worry that he always is, like, right under mm-hmm. my feet. Um, but I don't want one that's, like, really, really big, especially because I have an apartment. But Kayshuns are a Dutch breed that are barge dogs, so they're used to living in boats. So they, like t- they like small spaces, so they're probably for apartments. But because they're barge dogs, they have a... Have a lot does, he, of does he shed a lot? So right now he they shed twice a year and he's going he's shedding his winter coat right now. So like three days ago he went from not shedding at all to just it's just everywhere. And he hates getting brushed. I give him so many treats and I go real soft and he just he fucking oh. hates it. But I try I brush him once a day because that's what he really needs is just like once a day. You can miss like a day or two, but like I, I really try to stick to once a day when he's little. So maybe eventually he'll like he it. He is maybe. actually ridiculously cute. What made you want to get a dog? He's so happy. So I he's so sleepy right now. He keeps yawning. Um, God, in two thousand like twelve. My boyfriend at the time really, really, really wanted a dog. And I was like, we live in an apartment. We both work mm-hmm. full time. When the, wh- what the fuck are we going to do? No, that's going to be a shitty life for a dog. And I kept harping on it. And so finally I went to like the most detailed like breed matching website that I could Google when I was at work. And it had like so many different things like grooming requirements, uh, intelligence, uh, ease of training, uh, apartments, good with kids, good with cats, good with other dogs, just like every fucking criteria that you can think of. And I put in every little nitpicky fucking thing that I could think of. And I was like, cool, when nothing matches, this is going to be the end of it. And instead, there was one 100% match. And it was this dog, the case hunt. That's how I discovered this breed. Because it's spelled like Keyshond, like K-E-E-S-H-O-N-D. But it's not but it's fancy. That's that's fancy the first step. That you, well, yeah, that's how you know it's going to be an expensive right. dog. All right. He's actually so he was uh, seven hundred dollars. 
That's actually not uh, too bad. Which, that's, that's definitely not like, I was thinking yeah. like thousands of dollars here. No, normally caselins run about a grand, but his parents are purebred and certified, but they, his breeder only breeds once a year because she just does it for fun and she does not want to breed mm-hmm. show dogs. So she refuses to give paperwork to certify them. So she charges he- less for them. And I was like, good, I don't want to fucking show. Like, perfect. So I couldn't like take him and do shows because I don't have the pedigree paperwork they won't certify him. that's a whole other thing that's but, uh, a whole other life and lifestyle right mm-hmm. yeah that. i don't know i'm not i don't need that and it's like save 300 bucks uh yes please <laughs> thank you but he's just, he's so cute like sometimes i physically can't look at him because he's so he really cute. is he's just got that baby he's face he's a little bear yeah. he's a little bear okay so this oh, was back in like 2012 that like you f- discovered this thing oh yeah and so I was like, all right, cool. Well, if I ever get a dog, this yeah. will be the dog. And, you know, I was we were moving around so much. I was still living in Illinois mm-hmm. at the time. And so that's when I was like, okay, cool. Where, you know, where do I want to live? And that's when I started working on moving to Seattle. And then uh, I've been living on my own in Seattle for like two years. And I was like, okay, I found like the apartment that I'm living in now is a dog paradise. The first floor has a grooming center. There's like treat bowls on both entrances. Everyone in this building has a dog. There's like a dog walking park outside the front door. There's like little poop dumpsters with Mm -hmm. bags every so often. Like I picked the perfect dog friendly building. I have a job that's a walking distance from here. Like Got my shit together, found a breeder that was driving distance for me. That took mm-hmm. almost a year. Uh, and then it just so happened that when I had, like, a decent chunk of change just kind of sitting, and I was like, oh, I don't have anything to spend this on. I kind of did some saving. Uh, the breeder that I had found posted, hey, our once-a-year puppy litter for 2020 is actually going to be a little bit early. It's going to be um, – our Dogs are due in October of 2019, so we're not going to do one in 2020. So it's like, oh, shit. I was considering getting him, uh, like, around tax season this year. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that, I was like, shit, if I can't wait till tax season because this breeder's not doing another one until... Where I go, baby? Oh, <laughs> that was a good what jump. What a jump. <laughs> that was a good jump. Tuck You're and so roll, funny. tuck and roll. You're so sweet. Okay. <laughs> um... So I was like, you know what? It's all working out for some fucking reason. I guess now's the time. And so I pulled the trigger because I was just like, gotta do it at some point. You're no never kidding. You're never. It's just like from the very beginning, it was just like having a cake. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm 100% ready, but I mean, my ducks are pretty in a row, and it's kind of now is the time. Like it's just. Aw, well, I love it. It looks good I on you. I love him so much. He's perfect. I'm happy for you. He's That's all sweet. I don't care about anymore. I love it. Hey, um, I have another n- unrelated question. Yeah. Um, what's what's the best game ever made, and why is it Dragon Age? Uh, is it Dragon Age Inquisition? Sure. We can talk about Dragon Age. Dragon Inquisition is in my top ten list. Why is it? Well, number one, I'm, I want I just want to hear you vamp a little bit about Dragon Age yeah. Inquisition because I know you've played it a ton. Oh, but why why that one above the other ones, and then why is it like? underrated in most people's views like no nobody nobody talks about dragon age inquisition at all i don't understand and you know what i think is interesting the more i delve into weird fucking rpg fandoms is you know who i consistently find is a huge dragon age inquisition fan rhetorical question 
female gamers. <laughs> Almost every girl That's I true. meet at a convention or on Twitter or is responding <laughs> to an Inquisition GIF is a really cool chick gamer. Like, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that it doesn't get talked about so much because the things that make it enjoyable are things that, I don't know, maybe lend themselves more to currying female favor. And it's just like any like girl game. If it's, if it's a girl game, it immediately is a little bit shittier. But the thing that... I've played a lot of RPGs. I've played a lot of Western RPGs. I've played a lot of JRPGs. And just even not RPGs, but games in general, Dragon Age Inquisition has the most rewarding instantaneous replayability. Probably, I will say, with the caveat of Nier Automata, because I haven't played Nier Automata. So the way people talk about Nier Automata and all the different endings and having to do this, Mm -hmm. having to do that, for me, Dragon Age Inquisition, so I'm going to do this not really spoilery, but it depends on your level of spoilers. I mean, it's 2014. Right, it's, a yeah. it's a PS3 game, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I love the technicality. Like, they did a dual release and you call right, it PS3. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. It's so old that it was a dual release. Sure, okay, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you first play, there's a, the Dragon Age series as a whole does what a lot of people bitch about Mass Effect not doing well, is that mm-hmm. each subsequent game really makes you feel the decisions you made in the previous games. And right. Because of that, that butterfly effect in the third game is just so good that, like, Dragon Age is good. Dragon Age 2 is good, and you get to see the stuff that you did in Dragon Age 1 come into play. And Dragon Age 3 is so much better. Just It's almost an exponential growth because now you have two full games. It's like, wait, I did that two games ago, and it didn't come up in Dragon Age 2, so I thought it was a choice that didn't matter, and holy shit, it's here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a great feeling. But the... The first big choice is like, okay, do you want to side with the Templars or the Mages? And that determines just basically two complete different games. So yeah. right off the bat, you know, that kind of like the Fire Emblem Three Houses thing where you play one and then you want to play the other house because it's a different story. Dragon Age did that, what, six years ago? I know. I'm like actually like trying to like bite my tongue and like try like sitting in this chair and I was like really physically dif- difficult for and this is the best thing about geeking out about something is you're like that's what that's how I feel like I feel like just like shaking throwing my hands around here like yes that they are too di- like I was thinking what you were about to say before you said and then you said I'm like that's what I was thinking yes it's two it's two games who's okay so mages and templars like who's your you've played both sides like who do you who's who's right the mages are right. I yes. mean, the mages are just, like, mm-hmm. really right. But then when you're playing with the Templars, it's cool because they did that thing where it's like, okay, empirically and on a grand scale, the Templars are obviously kind of in the wrong because they're the cops, you know. Mm-hmm. But the Templar <laughs> that they put in charge, like, the, the, the actual face They're the of, cops! <laughs> the Templars are, like, the fucking, like, smell bacon kind of cops, you know? Oh, like, my God, I've never heard that before. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, Templars are cops, obviously. Right? You know, they're like yes. lawful good. Okay. Yeah. Majors are the wizards, yeah. And they, they're all knowing. Mm-hmm. Same. So you start off like, all right, well, I'm going to play cop. But then to make you like them, the person that acts as like the head of the Templars is this really affable, great guy. And you're like, oh, well, he's all right. And mm-hmm. then you get like Alistair's in your party all the time. And you're like, okay, he's awesome. And then Colin, the perfect man was a Templar. Alistair's so, in your party the whole time? He's crying in a... I'm sorry, not in your party. Uh, but Alistair's like... Anytime that I think about the Templars, I think of Alistair, and I'm just yeah. like, well, they can't all be bad, because 
Alistair is really cool. And then you he get Cullen, cool. and it's the same thing where it's like, well, I mean, you have Alistair, you have Cullen, you have this super cool guy whose name is completely escaping right now. Doesn't matter. They're all swappable. Well, and and like for Alistair, like depending on what you did in the earlier games, like he could, you might not even see him at all. Like I found him crying in a bar. Yeah, and he was like, feeling really sad about himself. My Alistair, uh, <laughs> my hero Look married you are. became you know king and queen is the perfect ending really uh, yes i some i completely like decided everything about my playthrough of dragon age origins mm-hmm. retroactive to like okay well i obviously i'm gonna marry alistair and obviously I'm gonna obviously so i need to accomplish those two things all right so that means i have to pick the noble human origin because it's the only way to accomplish that's the only way to do it okay do you do research like before you play i always love asking this question of people who play the dragon age games because like generally people tell me yes that they want to know all the things so that they can go ahead and go do those things which i think is fascinating because it removes like the discoverability of it but it's more of a fulfillment thing i think so i'm kind of a bad person to ask because I love spoilers. I'm a fr- I get people very legitimately angry with me. Like I've somehow ruined their lives because of the way I consume content. I get it. Yeah. I love like walking into a movie theater, sitting down, waiting for like the pre-previews where the lights are still on and you can have your phone out. You're not a dick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I spend that time <laughs> reading the Wikipedia summary for the film I'm about to watch. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just that's how I like to consume content. I don't like surprises. I like to know that I'm getting a happy ending. I just, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. for me, one, the Dragon Age Keep. You Like, people do not talk about the Dragon Age Keep. The I way that know. People don't talk about the nemesis system in Shadow of Mordor enough. Like, it's just, what a great fucking thing that mm-hmm. everyone should have been copying and stealing. And for some reason, no one is. I was wondering the same thing, like basically between Mass Effect and Dragon Age, the fact that there are these decisions that carry through and like nobody, I mean, it must speak to just how difficult that really is. But the key for like for people who don't know is the whole like making your decisions like ahead of time. If you hadn't played the other games, they're like, what about what would you do in this situation? It's not even that. So the Dragon Age Keep is a website that you go to that stores all of the choices that you've made in your playthroughs throughout all three Dragon Age games. So Mm -hmm. if you start and you just start a playthrough, you can then play through the entire thing and then log into the keep and see, oh shit, I didn't even realize I had four options. I thought I only had two, and so I picked this one. And so you can see not only what you chose, but what you could have chosen. And so you start on Dragon Age Origins, and you can do one of two things. You can just play it cold, which people who don't like spoilers or people who don't want to do a bunch of research or that sounds daunting, you can totally do. You don't have to do any work. I think people who like to do it will have a great time, but people who mm-hmm. go, oh God, research to start a fucking game, should not freak out. They can totally just jump in. But you can go through afterwards and be like, oh man, I really wanted to save this person's life, but I didn't know that I needed to do this thing and I couldn't on my playthrough. You can go in, change the option to totally save that guy, and then when you boot up Dragon Age 2, your storyline continues with that guy saved. So you can mm-hmm. kind of customize and tweak, even if you fuck up one portion of a playthrough your whole playthrough doesn't have to be redone which i think for people who like are really perfectionist about their playthroughs Mm -hmm. but also don't want to be spoiled it allows you to have your cake and eat it too which i think but didn't they didn't they create the keep like right before inquisition like isn't that one that so but okay so that's when like my first like introduction to it was like alongside everybody else but i never thought of it in that way that you just said like where you could go back and play origins for the first time having this like tool that actually wasn't created when 
that game was created. This is actually warping my brain a little bit. I might get yeah. a nosebleed at some point in this conversation. <laughs> so I actually got into Dragon Age at the same time. I got into it when Inquisition was coming out. So the way I got into the series was I read all of the Wikipedia, like the you know, the Wikia, the good Wikipedias. Yeah, nice. The Wikia for Dragon Age 1 and 2. And I went through the keep and I just researched every single choice for Dragon Age 1 and 2 so that I could have like the perfect playthrough. Every choice. Every, every choice. Single one. It took me about two weeks. It was like the two weeks okay, that uh, makes leading sense. up to launch. This was a huge process. No kidding. Because like even just the origins, <laughs> the or like yeah. just like all the different like races. All the races DLC, and everything. I'm just thinking, like, even if for you to, even, we could spend probably two hours here for you to go through. And there's actually a great podcast called Dragon Age Off the Record, Dragon Age OTR, that goes through all the stuff. And they spend like weeks and weeks. It's a, it was a limited run thing. And I highly recommend people check it out. And that, that enhanced my playthrough yes. of Origins. And, and they end up going through, I think they go through two. And I don't think that they ended up going into Inquisition. But they spent um, a couple episodes even just going through like, okay, this is what ha what happens when you pick like a male mage or like the all the different classes. And so like cool. that's that's the thing that – so I'm amazed that you went through like all the decisions because that's crazy. Yeah. But all the origin stories is – that game is replayable. I don't even know. Like probably at 50 least times. The six, yeah, at least the six different origins. And then each mm -hmm. origin, if you pick a different gender, sometimes has different options. Like mm -hmm. you can start romancing Cullen as a female mage, uh, human, or elf in Dragon well, Age what is Origins. The elf, what is the elf story? There's a wedding in one of them. And I, have, I have to play this. Did you ever play this one, the wedding? The city yeah, elf. The city elf one is on her wedding day because the female one makes the most sense. Like it's her wedding day and then the groom gets taken and like everyone gets slaughtered. And so she's just like Kill Bill style fucking yes. city Yes. Oh my God. Very I just watched good. that movie. That movie is yes. like damn near perfect. But that's so a whole good. other conversation. But it's because it's like so after I did the keep leading up to Inquisition, I beat all of Inquisition. Then I went through and I took just a peek at it and I went through thoroughly i thought <laughs> i have I no doubt through. my first playthrough i missed an entire world on the map yeah the map gets so full of stuff that there was an entire world i didn't experience until my second playthrough and i was baffled i missed it because I, I am i'm so fucking thorough in oh my gosh i need to just i need to just like forget about all the games that are like in 2020 is going to be a bonkers year like with the cyberpunks and all the final fantasy remakes and all the all the things new consoles and everything i'm like i'm playing yeah but what about Animal origins Crossing. You put your. This is your first Animal Crossing. First Animal Crossing. Oh well, that's cool. Are you like what? <laughs> wow, that's cool. So you don't have a life anymore. Oh, I know. That's kind there. of that. That is my reaction. Like, okay, so good luck with you know everything else. Oh, okay. So I've never and, seen you again. Oh, this has been pretty fun. much. Pretty much. Yeah. Why? Uh, why jump into Animal Crossing at this point? Mm. Just because. Just because Switch. Uh, because Switch is grossly good. Yeah. Uh, because. I had someone talk to me about Animal Crossing this weekend and was just, I was like, isn't Animal Crossing, and this is exactly the conversation I had, mm -hmm. isn't Animal Crossing just Harvest Moon without the fucking? Because the fucking's the fun part. I didn't realize Animal, or Harvest Moon had uh, had relations. Yeah, so like I got into Harvest Moon as a preteen because I wanted a romance sim and none of them were um, translated into English. And so Harvest Moon is like the closest you could get to like a dating sim that also had like farming stuff and some of the farming stuff was fine. But my friend and I, like as girls, we always played the Harvest Moon games. And so like when you could play as a girl in Harvest Moon, Harvest Moon Magical Melody, shout out, big deal. Because then it was like, oh, instead of having to be a boy, like picking which girl we wanted, 
Harvest Moon might be why I'm bisexual. Like, okay. <laughs> I spent most of my childhood just like having to pretend to be a boy wooing these different women. But what, uh, just stop. Just stop for a second. Just please. just just pause for a second. Why, as a preteen, did you realize realize that you needed in your video game some sort of romancing or some sort of dating? thing i didn't even like you not only did you know that there was such a thing but like you needed it like okay so maybe this is something you don't know about girls but like i remember being about 12 i know very little kaylee right buckle the fuck up (laughs) oh yeah i have one like as like right yeah yeah. the daughter situation Mm -hmm. i was 12 and got these cards that were like playing cards but they were like boy dating profiles i don't even know the game you're supposed to play with them but they were like straight up like you know, 18 to 21 year old dudes with like their hobbies and stuff and the like cute pictures of them. And it was just like, you know, there's the girl talk games and then there's the like dating and stuff like that. Barbie dolls are all like, oh, Barbie and Ken going on a date. Like, so dating is very big in girls' fantasy and girls' like play time, at least especially in the 90s. Now we're a little mm-hmm. bit more woke. But, you know, so growing up, that's kind of how you, you're like, oh, I like, you know, and so I liked that stuff. And I liked reading, like, you know, romance novels and things like that. And so when I was being into video games, I was like, golly gee, I want a video game where you could just, like, woo a bunch of different boys and pick which one you like the best. Because there were kind of games like that for girls. Sure. Um, that totally makes sense. But not really good ones. And so I wanted, like, I loved RPGs. And so it was, like, my love of RPGs and my love of, like, girly, like, romance novels and stuff coming together. And so... My friend had Harvest Moon 64, and so she was like, oh, yeah, there's different bachelorettes that you can choose from. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> well, I, you know, oh, they're different gifts, and they have different, like, cutscenes. I was like, oh, oh, let's go play, you know, The Bachelor over here. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And so that started that trend. But uh-huh. It, Animal Crossing, even though it doesn't have husbandos, it is still good in its own way for different reasons. And so I'm going to give it the old college try. Mm-hmm. It's just it's also it's almost too pure when you really when you put it that pure, way. Almost too pure, right? I'm mm-hmm. like I don't know. That's like I'm gonna be too horny on main for this game. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's something that that's just it though. Sometimes the purest of games like has the deepest darkest of secrets. To be I'm found. a little worried about the kind of things I'm gonna find when I Google Tom Nook later. Like you Tom know, Tom Nook's know. got a secret side biz. He's got like a he's a swinger at night. Right, well, you know, eventually you get so deep in debt with Tom Nook, you got a Tom Nooky. You know what I, I oh snap Tom Nookie I love it but what like what if he actually every, everybody thinks that he's just gouging all the villagers and but maybe he's in it tough maybe he's got a money problem and he's got those kids running around I mean he could have a really dark sort of like human trafficking secret that none of I us don't know even about. know anything about this so like this is gonna be great after I play this game we'll find out I don't know anything about this game <laughs> but. <laughs> Is, and are you going in blind? Like you don't want to know? 100% blind. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I think it'll be hysterical. Yeah. Because what I'm imagining is like, you know, you have to run a town, but it's like, is there a doctor? Do you have to pay to go to the doctor? Is Tom Nook funding a universal health care with this? Mm, is Tom mm-hmm. Nook funding all of the schools in town with this money? Like, you don't I don't know. think he pays any taxes. I think he, I think he's just gouging everybody. He pays zero in taxes. Tom Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Tom Bezos. Nook. That's his middle name. That's what we'll discover. That's what that's what Animal Crossing really needs is like some sort of fan fiction that that draws in the the true dark underbelly of the entire island or or whatever. Maybe maybe it's Isabel who has something like as the as the mayor's assistant and was she in it? You I mean without any, oh, playing the other ones. Isabel, I know solely from ones? memes and Smash Brothers. 
your mic just totally cut out. I totally can't hear anything that you're saying right now. Did I break it? There, you go back. You're back I now. I don't know what I did to fix it, so I'm just really good. Isn't that the best when um, technology is just like, anyway. Yeah, didn't do PC anything, but streaming for has been the greatest couple. Like it's been years now. I can't even act surprised, but I am surprised. Yeah. So I'll just I'll have the exact same. I, I will only hit end stream and then go to do a new stream, having changed nothing, but clicked end stream last time. And so you click go live, assuming everything is gonna work. Nope. 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 Sorry. They, audience can't hear audio. My mic doesn't work. It's just, yeah. Yep. It doesn't Sorry recognize my that. webcam. Everything's fine. Everything's great. We're all having a great time here. Okay, so Isabel. Um, if there was a Clue-type film or like Knives Out-style <laughs> Animal Crossing film, Isabel 100% is the killer. That's what I know about Isabel. There's, there's and she's great... getting away with it. That is so... She probably would. Yeah. Or she... Actually, she would be... She would be so manipulative that she's actually not even the one to, like, pull the trigger or do the stabbing. Yes. No, she might not be the killer, but... Mm -hmm. She's the killer. Mm -hmm. She's you the have, Kaiser Soze. You have a fascinating sort of like tie-in with like stabby stabby horror movies. What what the heck is going on in your Twitch channel these days? It's so good. So I don't know. I feel weird sometimes. Like I have so much fun doing this and I don't know anyone else who does it. So I'm always just I agree. Like, why is no one else? Like I'm not that smart. I can't be the only one that's thought of this because everyone else just hate it. Uh, so I've been on Saturday nights watching public domain horror films for the better part of, I think, two years now. God, mm -hmm. gross. Um, and it's really good because I try, so most people, when they think of like public domain horror films and like watch alongs and stuff like that, they go, oh, like Mystery Science Theater 3000 or oh, like Elvira, because I am a lady. Yes to both of those, except... I do some really bad horror movies and like I do horror and sci-fi. And so some mm -hmm. of them are like mystery science theater, 1950s schlocky, like Ed Wood films. But I try really hard to do a really good blend of like art house films and famous films and really bad films. Uh, and I go everywhere from, you know, anything in the public domain. So typically it's like the 1950s. Uh, but I've gone as early as the 1930s, and we've done as late as the 1970s, depending on how stupid people are about not renewing the copyright on their films. That was going to be my question. Like, uh -huh. what makes them, what ends up making them public domain? It's just that there's no copyright available. So, because Mickey Mouse loves constantly extending copyright laws, what happened in the don't quote me on dates, but these are loosely accurate. Uh, in a, roughly the 1960s, uh, copyright laws got extended, but instead of everything just automatically getting extended, you had to opt in to get your copyright extended. Mm -hmm. And so a bunch of like people who made schlocky movies in the 50s and 60s never bothered to fill out for extended copyright protection. And so their copyrights expired based on the old laws instead of the new Mickey Mouse's copyright protected for like 900 years laws. Mm -hmm. So you have... Technically, anything from like 1927, it's ridiculously early, is 100% public domain because of current laws. But then you get anything that was never formally submitted for copyright protection and anything that didn't renew in the 60s. And I think it happened again in the 70s, but the 60s is where you get a lot of good stuff. Uh, for example, Francis Ford Coppola's directorial debut was a 1963 film that didn't have its copyright renewed. And so you can you can watch the very first movie Francis Ford Coppola ever wrote and directed called Dementia 13. It's basically 
a loose and clear psycho ripoff. Uh, but it's it's really fascinating. And so it's cool to be like, wait, is that Frankie? Is that my boy Frankie Coppola? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So you mean you can just like watch it on YouTube? Like uh, that's what you- So I don't use YouTube. There's a website called archive.org I really like that just archives public domain music. If you're ever doing like podcasting or videos and you're looking for public domain music, you can go there. Um, public domain images, movie clips, films. It's just anything that's available like available in the public domain is right. archived at the archive.org. So I, I didn't realize that's what that was. I've definitely been on that site. I didn't realize that that's what that whole makeup was like yeah, that, that's, that's how that content got there the goal the goal is everything on there is something that's within the public domain and interesting okay so why did you start doing that so i this is very me the same reason i do anything uh i thought of a pun that i thought was funny I, yes 100 percent. the reason i started doing this is because uh, i call it netflix and chills Mm-hmm. And I was just, I don't know, lying in bed doing something stupid one day. And I was just like, Netflix and chill. More like Netflix and chills. And I just thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever thought. I love it. And when I watch horror movies, one, I'm very easily startled. And I like yelp and jump a lot when I watch things. And so when I watch scary movies, I've always just, since I was a fucking what, preteen doing sleepovers, had people like watch the movie then watch me watch the movie watch me yeah and just like comment on how much they like like just re- me reacting to things and so i really wanted to watch like shitty netflix horror films and do that and then i was like oh well if you stream it now we have to worry about like copyright protection and things like that so i went back to the drawing board and i was like ha 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 public domain public domain mm-hmm. and so like amazon God, months ago now, but uh, Twitch had sent an email talking about how they were considering making it so that you could stream things that are available on Amazon Prime on Twitch. And so a lot of people didn't really care about that. But when I heard, I've been like on the lookout for more updates on that because that would be so cool because it would just obviously open up a huge catalog. Um, I keep a pretty big spreadsheet whenever people recommend things. Like there are certain kaiju movies that are in the public domain. So I've had some people request us to do those. So I've added those to my list. Uh, There's a lot of good Vincent Price movies, The House on Haunted Hill. So after uh, The Haunting Haunting of Hill House was really blowing up on Netflix, I did a rewatch of The House on Haunted Hill, um, which obviously is what it's based off of. Well, they're both based off the same book, but uh, that's really fun. I just did 13 Ghosts, which is the original of that, like, 1999 13 Ghosts film. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was hysterical. So, yeah, I try to do ones that um, – The Little Shop of Horrors, not yeah. the Rick Moranis musical, but the original uh, 1950s film is in the public domain and features Jack Nicholson in what I will fight anyone is his best performance. What would other people say, do you think? I don't know, like, people, like, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or maybe Joker or, yeah. you know, something Shining. like that. The Shining. His, he has one long scene in Little Shop of Horrors as an extra. And his, like, five minutes on camera is one of the best five-minute chunks of cinema. I, like, I know it sounds like that has to be hyperbolic. There's no way. I... Ask and it's public domain, so anyone can go look it up and just watch Jack Nicholson in Little Shop of Horrors. And it is so uncomfortable and to me, like scarier than Heath Ledger's Joker. <laughs> like, you know, oh, just, snap. 
it's very unnerving in that way. And it's, it's interesting that, that Jack Nelson went on to play the Joker because you see that same kind of menacing. Just psychotic. That, which he is so good for, again, all the films that we just named are him basically playing lunatics. But you see yeah. the very first, like, baby face Jack Nicholson in that type of energy. And it is unnerving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Now I just want to go. Damn, there's not enough, there's not enough time in uh, life in general. To no. get to all this, like, because honestly, from the start of this conversation, I could have dived into really any of these things. Like, we could just, I could just play Dragon Age for the rest of my life. I could just play like Animal. I do like Animal Crossing, but I'm having a bit of a tiff with uh, that whole situation. But we won't get into that. But like all these things, you could like, I could watch horror movies like forever because they're help. But are they like so bad that they're good kind of thing, or are, they, are you actually watching like good movies? I try to do both. So it's something that you get some that are so bad yeah. that they're really good, but then you get other ones that. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's one called Bucket of Blood that's from 1960 that was made by Roger Corman, who's a big director of, like, cheap, tons of his films are in the public domain, uh, mm -hmm. made in three days horror films. And Bucket of Blood is one of the first, like, kind of cerebral parodies. It's a... Uh, critique of beatnik culture and so it's very like it takes place a lot in like this just like jazz poetry bar and everyone's like hey daddy yeah, I love it it's, so you see this like really good insight into like at the time was current beatnik culture and so mm -hmm. it's really fascinating and, and it's a great movie and it's just weird and artsy and cool and then you get other ones that are just like screaming like 18 minutes while someone slowly walks towards her style ah classic ah! yeah yeah still just like yeah it's the steamroller in um austin, austin powers. powers yeah mm -hmm. yes. oh my god oh that's a great scene holy crap yes um what other games that like led you up to i want to go back to the dragon age thing where you're like you were playing rpgs like right from the start like what, what were sort of like the foundational kind of like rpgs for you growing up yeah so this is another time where it gets my career in games has been so fascinating so i got into video games when I really started gaming a lot because I was so into anime. So Oh, nice. I was really, really into anime, and that was, you know, at a time where it wasn't very readily available. Netflix wasn't a thing yet. Mm. Blockbuster had very little anime to rent. You'd have to, like, I, we had VHS tapes that we would, like, tape the 3 a.m. fucking Adult Swim anime that would come on, and then... Classic. That was all you really had, and you had to be grateful for it. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's like there we for us like, we'd have to go to down to Chinatown literally, which yeah. was amazing because you basically just got like all of Asia imported into Chinatown. Like where there's a there's a a huge store it's called Lucky Ninety Seven. If you wanted like a this is going back. If you wanted a faceplate on your phone, you went to Lucky Ninety Seven. Yes. Like if you wanted to go buy like any anime or whatever, it was there. It was it was basically <laughs> sounds terrible. I think it was because we're so like inland in 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 Edmonton, we're nowhere near the water. But in my mind it was like the boat came over from Asia. And it just shipped directly to Lucky 97. Huge overstatement. Oh joking, obviously. So good. But yeah, like, you're right. Like, the like access to anime and all the stuff back then, like, I don't know. You had to have you had to have your, your ways or, or know somebody who was getting it from, like, their uncle or something from, like, Japan or wherever. Exactly. And I remember walking into, like, a Walmart or something, and there was a PlayStation 2 game called Inuyasha and the Secret of the Cursed Mask. And I was a huge Inuyasha fan, and I had to have it. I bought it, and it was a the it was a really cool RPG, like especially for an anime game. Like you find out, I played a bunch of anime games after that. Most mm -hmm. of them are shitty, 
But uh, it was a really cool RPG because it was like it was turn based, but it was in kind of like an active time battle system where like everyone moved on a rotation. But if depending on the moves that you chose different characters to make, they might move faster, slower or, or along the ring of who gets to go again. So you have mm-hmm. that component. And if you had people stand next to each other in battle, they would build battle points and be able to do like double team attacks. And um, the male and female characters in the anime could romance each other and you could romance the like canon ships or you could even have opposite ships like romance each other which was crazy again in anime video games there's like this fan fiction that's involved and there was a secret ending with the anti-hero Shishomaru that you could get if you played everything right and so I played it for like every (laughs) single ending and it was just it was the best fucking thing yeah and that was it I just started I bought this I bought the Shaman King video game I bought just the most ridiculous anime video games I can get my hands on and when I ran out of anime video games I started going into EB games at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, we still had EB games at the time I know that's not as crazy for you but uh I would just look at all of the covers of the PlayStation 2 games and I would pick whichever game looked the most anime I love it. And because of that, I ended up playing a lot of JRPGs. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Like, I loved them, and it was a great turn of fortune. That's how it worked out. But literally, I would just go in and be like, okay, which of these has the coolest anime guys on it? <laughs> right? And I played Yiz, Ark of Napishtim. I played um, Atlier Iris. I played I'm Disgaea. Like, I played Okami. Okay, that one I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, I just want to make it because it's audio only podcast. Like the, my, the face I'm making is like, never heard of any of these things ever. And it's like, you know, when you go on, like, sometimes people like go on vacation or they'll tell you like, oh, I'm from like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I've got no idea like where that's from or like, yeah. but you do, you try to be polite, but like, that's not the point of the show. Is what are these, what are these games? For, um, like ease. I don't know, it's the way game is, it's YS. It had a oh, really good yes, 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 yes. Um, that I actually have heard. Yes, yes, yes. Cal- Kata is not right, but in some yeah, reason, I don't think so. Yeah, that's, but a, that's a, I, Seinfeld. Our was like three <laughs> games prior on the PS2, and so right. Atlier Iris, um, the Atlier series of games is a really big series of JRPGs, and so it's always like Atlier something, and so Atlier Iris was the PS2 game, kind of like yeah. Tales Blank, um, and so those were two big JRPG series, and then of course I played Tales of Symphonia and cried, uh, and then Tales of the Abyss, and just like any anything I can get my grubby little hands on with anime boys on it. Is that a good series to jump into if, like, you're kind of wanting to discover, like, the anime goodness of anime games? Like, is, are the Tales series, like, kind of where people should start? Oh, yeah. So, it, if you're somebody who's looking for something that's not turn-based, right. Tales of Symphonia, to me, is a great place to Ooh. jump in. Uh, I That was the first game I played that wasn't turn-based that I wasn't, like, terrified to play, too. So, maybe that's part of it. Because the story was just so good. And, again... Anything that has, like, secret endings or, like, hidden alternate routes, I love. And you can unlock different costumes and things like that. It's just It has tons of little fan service Easter eggs, too. But it, it's a great story. The game's not the gameplay's not super hard. And if you like it, that style of game opens you up to things like playing Star Ocean, which is another yeah. amazing series I started playing around then because it had anime boys on the cover. And, you know, so... Uh, those what, types... make, what makes a good anime boy? I need to ask that. I can't yeah. believe I just asked that question for real, but so I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Boy, so, like, <laughs> I like a good anime boy that doesn't look like a little kid anime okay. boy. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted an anime boy that, like, looked like they could hold a sword and not be stupid. Like an um, anime man. Yeah, an anime boy. I need an anime man, not an anime boy. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to have cool <laughs> hair. Um, what, like, what kind of cool? Like, blue hair? 
so a cool color, usually it is blue, but yeah. that made me really appreciate when it was a different color because it was always blue. So I'm always yeah. like, blue's actually like blue on the list now. Blue is like the brunette of anime boys. Oh, okay. It's just yeah. basic bitch. A lot of people just, don't He's just a basic that. boy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about it. But, um, you know, the bigger the shoes, the more buckles on the pants, the more ridiculous and asymmetrical the ensemble you know that you're in for a good animoy boy game really we okay just this is not Cloud what i was expecting we mm-hmm. just described every character in kingdom hearts we just described every because of the buckles and cloud has big shoes cloud has buckles and a very asymmetrical outfit and very good animoy boy hair very spiky mm-hmm. very stylized and the giant sword anything oversized i shouldn't say giant shoes anything oversized and the horse hoof hair. hands especially yes like this is the clubs that he has for hands instead is is actually quite he is a handsome boy now that you mention it there cloud he's got the he's got the hair he's got the you can't he's really it. angry he's got a troubled past yeah. you're not really sure if he's gonna be is he a good boy? Is he a, And he's like a he... little boy, but he doesn't look like a little kid boy. He's like, okay, you look like you're holding a sword and it's not super stupid. Like, you're not yeah. 12. 12-year-old anime boy protagonists are hard for me to get behind. So I'm like, come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Anybody who looks mm-hmm. like if you hold your arm out and then, like, against their head and they would just <laughs> against it. It's just, it's hard to take that seriously. Yeah, that's amazing. I never thought of that before. Sorry. What about, what about for people who, like, think all animes are the same? Like, what do you say to those people? So that's the same as, like, anybody who says that, you just take something that they like and be like, okay, cool, all horror films are the same. Okay, cool, all metal music is the same. Okay, cool. Yeah. You can make anything derivative. Like, do you, do you really think something that is such a diverse genre that there are people in different countries writing it, that there are, you know, there's different uh, anime made for different age groups, different genders, different, you know, that's like saying all, you know, video games are the same. Oh, you. That's actually a really good games. point. That, well, that's a, that, and it's funny because I think the, one of the last times that you and I chatted, you kind of enlightened me to the whole like, like I when I want to turn off my brain, like I play a shooter, but like that doesn't that's not how you play. Like you play like, well, I'll just turn off my brain. I'll play like a JRPG and like I'll just like get lost in the system and I'll go grind out for like four to nine hours straight or something like that. And that was like such a like a brain opening statement that you said, like I still haven't forgotten. I don't know how many years ago that was that that we talked about that. I know. But like. It's funny that, like, because we kind of briefly touched on, like, metal music. Or actually, you're talking about, like, the anime and you're looking at the uh, whatever covers. You're, you're basing your next choice on the cover. And when I was first getting into metal music, that's how we used to get into into it as well. Like, I remember going to, like, in Canada, it was called HMV. I don't think that there's anything. It would be, like, Sam's, like, Sam the Record. Do you have Sam, Sam the Record, man? Sam, what was like a record store that you guys would have had back in the day? Like, like just where you go in, it's like music. Yeah, we have like Tower Records, FYE. Tower is Records, still of around? course. Yeah, Tower Records is a good example. Yeah. So like HMV here was just like just ginormous, and we would go through, and a friend of mine would go through and just try to find like the most terrifying like metal record, right? Like classic stuff you get into when you go into that. And I remember the first time he showed me Slipknot, like the first Slipknot album, and he's like, "Look at this," and I'm like, "I don't think I should be listening to this." <laughs> And he, and he fired it up. I'm like, I am genuinely terrified by the music. I don't understand how that's happening. But I love, like, there's the whole don't judge a book by its cover. But when you're playing video games and, like, when you're getting into, like, creative things and even books itself, like, yeah, man, judge, judge, judge a book by that cover. Somebody like, let it fool you. Somebody hard on that you... cover. You're supposed mm-hmm. to judge it. That's the well, point of the cover. 
thing is now all covers look the same like now they've kind of all figured out like especially with like if you think about like there's one year where they had like doom and a whole bunch of other games where it's just like space marine dude like just standing there with a gun in the exact same pose and it's like it's all the same now so like let's go back and judge all the things based on the covers you gotta say too is like i don't judge it by just the front cover i also judge by the back cover so that's another mm. important thing about it. When you, you grab the anime boy on the front cover and then you turn it around and it's like, cool, is there a delightful supporting cast of lovable rogues? Let's give this the old college try. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, sure. It's not just the front. So like, I would agree, especially with books, I think with video games, you can judge a video game by the cover. With a book, I think you're right that most covers kind of look the same and that's where you really judge a book by the title. Mm. You judge a book by the title. You judge. I think a game. it's all it's all a bit of a mess there. And the thing about like, well, g- games kind of take a while too. But books, like, you could really waste a lot of time before you go. This is kind of a stinker. That's always really tragic. That's always mm-hmm. really tragic. Games, oh, like I don't know. I put sixty hours into a game and then put it down. Never went back. I was like, well, I didn't finish that story. I basically accomplished nothing. I think I enjoyed those sixty hours though. It's just like I hate not finishing the story of a game. What are you playing now? This is crazy, but I have re, 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 re downloaded The Sims 4. Oh, God. I haven't played in a while. And so I downloaded it and I was like, I have a great idea. I'm going to make me and all my friends as toddlers and then just reenact Rugrats. (laughs) And so I made like little toddler Sims and I made a little house with little toddler stuff to do. And then I Uh remembered that mods exist and I was about to play The Sims without mods. So then I spent like two days downloading way too many mods and then I loaded it back up and I, before this conversation, was putting the finishing touches on my house so that I could finally actually start playing The Sims a week my fucking God. later. Yeah. You you just you do everything to the max, man. I, do. Like, I don't know that you really do anything. Ha- like the fact that you've got like the, the situation with your dog, everything that you told me about anime, the thing, <laughs> the whole like let's research for two weeks Dragon Age, like why do you like can you just not can you just like half something it's the the problem is is that i've that kid it's like the the running joke where the most annoying thing a child can do is be like but why yeah but why oh Mm -hmm. like i've always had that desperate need to know like i i hate known unknowns if i know there's something i don't know i need to know that thing like i just mm-hmm. so if it's like oh that's a cool series oh let me get some information about that let me get all the information about that because I, I need to know that i know everything there is to know about that thing I, i'm like a katamari of hobbies or just like all right let me slurp all that jrpg knowledge up and then i'll roll on over to overwatch league and be really obsessive about that oh the season's over let's go over to something else until it comes back like it's just there is um, and that's why i love having you on i think like i was thinking halfway through this i'm like do i need to have like kind of like a mini series like a like a mini kaylee mini series there's a couple times some some people show up on the show i'm like you you have to come back and not like in three years yeah like almost like once a month I like, I think I just need to, so same here. Well, we used to, do, remember, we used to, we used to do podcasts. I know, that's why I love it. It's I don't so know where that, where that exists or anything. I, I have a Google Drive. Yeah, I don't know if we need that, though. I know, like, that was, the, it's such a, like, a cutesy, like, Six years just, like, kids, I know, right? Like, just, like, let's do a podcast. Like, that's, it was so, it's so hilarious. So I learned how to edit with Audacity, and so I just, like, 
powered through that bad boy. Just, mm-hmm. I didn't, because the way I always teach myself too, like this is how I teach myself how to animate, this is how I taught myself Photoshop. I just pull up a program and go, well, I'm not going to use the help icon. I'm just going to brute force this. And then I find really janky ways to do everything. The help icon is almost never useful. Every oh. single time I've ever like clicked on that. And I, and I say this, like I say it out loud, like this isn't going to help. And it pops up the whole like index or whatever, like type in your thing to try and get like some sort of like reference document like that never helps. No. Um, I spend way too much time going into like forums or things like that, where this person's got a question and the first like six responses are like, well, idiot, like you're dumb for even being in this situation or like not helpful. Thanks. So how do I get to an actual solution? So yeah, like self-taught is the way to go. Oh, hey, I fixed it. No explanation as to how. No, how did you do that? Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, because like that's how they pop up in the search, right? Because it's like it's solved because they'll click like this has been. But that's why you just you you can't trust anybody else. You figure everything out yourself and then you just we're all that's how that's how we become lone wolves. See, that's that's why we just figure I'll just do it myself. Damn it. It's called innovating. You know, mm. people are like, oh, really? you're supposed to do this and go here and do this. It's like, really? Well, I figured out that if you hold down these four buttons at the same time, it accomplishes Seriously? the same thing. Seriously, like, there are some things that, like, even to this day that, like, blow my mind, like, keyboard shortcuts are just like, if if anybody has a good keyboard shortcut that they are, are a fan of with Windows or whatever, like, hit me up. I appreciate a, a good key. Here's one I'll, I'll give to you. I don't know if you realize this. Um, with Windows, if you hit the Windows key, Shift and S, you can like snag a screenshot like oh. it'll it'll bring up like a snap it kind of thing and you just like crop out where wherever on the screen i didn't and know that copies it to your to your uh, clipboard i think and paste into wherever right. you want. but you know how you can like uh control c control v to like copy and paste something uh-huh. if you control shift v it'll copy and keep uh, and it won't keep the formatting so if you have like your own formatting but then you can like oh. copy something and it changes it to like times new roman and their bullet points if you mm-hmm. do control shift instead it'll keep it in your font and type interesting i didn't know about the co- it would do it right up from the so control shift v is that on the paste side yeah so it'll paste, paste it without it. Mm. yeah it'll paste it without changing your because i hate that we're like i'm pasting like a quote and then the quote mm-hmm. becomes the font and the size that it was in the mm-hmm. article. No, I'm thank it you. From. No, control shift be that. No, thank you. Yeah, nobody's got time for that. Exactly. Mm. So that's my Okay, my this is our new anal announcing our, our brand new podcast <laughs> is Great Shortcuts with Kayleen Sean. We'll have think we'll have like people write in first time, long time. They'll they'll let us know their favorite. Like like Windows key L locks it just straight up. Just like if you ever have to like just walk away from your computer, just Windows key L, you're done. Or but, I never remember the combination where it's like you can turn the monitor sideways. So like that's at, right. at work, if you didn't lock your computer, you know, <laughs> Windows key L, that would just like muscle memory because I worked for a bank. So like you mm-hmm, had to lock your computer mm-hmm. down so no one could get anybody's information. And if you didn't, your punishment was like our IT guys would come and they would like turn your screen sideways or they would like open yeah, totally mess with calculators because they could do it really fast because they knew all the shortcuts. Open 900 calculators. Okay, yeah. so this is the thing. I often wonder, like sometimes I would ask people, like, what's your nerd cred, right? And they would go, like, they like I'm into this anime or I'm into, like, they tell me, like, the nerdiest thing. It's like, yeah, but do keyboard shortcuts excite you? Because <laughs> if they don't, then, like, there's still another couple levels, a couple notches for you to go. Right. Like, that's that's the ultimate. <sighs> Kaylee, I freaking love talking to you. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, we should just after, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, we'll do the whole, like, where can people find you thing. And then we'll, then I'll do the whole, like, stop recording thing. And then right after that, we're going to figure out, like, when you're coming back. Because... <laughs> I, I wrote down 30 questions that I didn't get to. I think I got to one by accident. Um, so, so there's that. So, it's always so 
let me know where you want people to go check you out on the Twitch and on the Twitters and all the rest of that, and then we'll figure out when you're coming back. Yeah, so I spend most of my time on Twitter. It's gross and terrible for know, you, right? and no one else should do it, but I... I love it so much. I know. See, I actually had a question for you about Twitter. Same. Like that's that's so as a teaser for the next time. Like I want to go like what's after Twitter? I, Don't answer me now. That's next time. Twitter. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I could talk about Twitter forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like every other question, but uh, on Twitter I'm at Quirk of Art XD. Uh, that's how. Like I've never been like an LOLer. I always do an XD face, so it's just that's always been my little thing. Uh, <laughs> but on Twitch it's even easier because it's just Quirk of Art. Yeah. Someone took that on Twitter and has never tweeted and hasn't used their account for eight years, but it's fine. It's fine. They didn't just to ruin my life. Free it up, Jack. Come on. I'm not upset about it and I'm not bitter. This is me yeah. not being bitter. Obviously. <laughs> so cool. Sweet. Well, thanks for thanks for being on the show. People could definitely look forward to being on in like honestly like four or five weeks. Because like that's that's where we're at in the scheduling. You're gonna be on the next like opening. We're just gonna have like we're breaking all the rules now, Kaylee. Just like it's just it doesn't even matter it anymore. Wherever you got room. I always No, that it. pencil I hate that saying pencil me and that sounds like temporary. That pen sounds like ten, pen like permanent like, sharpie. Yeah. I'm gonna sharpie you on the wall where it shouldn't be sharpie. Like that's that's what I'm talking about. I'm gonna punch a hole in the wall of the schedule. <laughs> and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know, that doesn't make any sense, but we'll end it there. Punch your name into the wall. So good. Usually I like to really jump right back into this part of the show, but I'm I'm struck by and really reflecting on the friendship that I have with Kaylee. And it's it's kind of unlike really anything else. And I, I'm so fortunate and I'm so lucky to have Kaylee as a friend that I can call up and go like, hey, you want to hang out for an hour? And then this conversation happened. And we go, well, that that that's not enough. We got to do this again sometime. And I don't know how exactly to articulate or describe what it is, but like, like Kaylee is just, she's just my buddy, man. Like I wasn't sure exactly like really what to call it, but like, we are just, we're just really great friends. And I, I think we could talk about anything and I get really um, engaged and excited and enthused by the things that, that she vamps about. And I really love that. And we could just, we could talk about anything. So we're going to talk about more stuff coming up very, very soon. So thank you, Kaylee, for doing this show and for coming back. And thank you guys for listening to this whole thing. And um, if you want to support We The GamerCast, I'll give you a couple ways that you can do that. The first thing that you can do is follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri. Sean like Connor, Capri like the pants. The second thing that you can do is really impactful is to uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five star with this, something written there would be absolutely amazing. You can share the show. You can talk about it on your own podcast. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri or the ultimate support that you can do if you like the show even just a little bit. You can throw a buck or two or 10 at patreon.com slash Capri. You get uh, access to my AMA show, the Pants Patreon podcast for Patrons Podcast. You get early access to uh, this show, of course. You get early access for Cup of Joe, a bunch of shows that Bobby is doing. You get a whole bunch, like honestly, that Patreon is nuts. Please go support it. I really appreciate you guys. And um, I wanna take a quick moment to uh, really highlight two special people Jared Gauthier made the incredible artwork uh, that you guys are seeing on the Twitter, and hopefully it's showing up on the feeds right now. I'm aware that there's a little bit of a delay there, but uh, I could not relaunch this this new effort without without Jared, and I also couldn't be where I'm at 
without um, the very special Johnny Casino, our new editor. He's the person who's putting this all together. He's probably blushing as he's listening to this piece right now. If he's not, I hope you are, Johnny Casino. Please, guys, go support them. Go follow them. Go tell them that you appreciate what they do. Jared is at Highly Intelligent on Twitter. Johnny is at Johnny underscore Casino. Otherwise, this has been episode... We uh, Damn it, there's no episodes. Otherwise, this has been We The Gamer Cast. Now in your ears. I'll be back next week with Kevin Austin. I hope you're there too. Now it's time for Jason. 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 Sean Jason. Jason! 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 Sean! Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!